We're going to go to the book of James. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of James. Praise God. Again, to all of our guests that are here, we welcome you and we're so honored to have you and thankful that you would worship the Lord with us. Amen. Very thankful tonight to see you in the house of the Lord. I don't know exactly where the Holy Ghost is going to end up tonight. It's going to work, but I just feel, I feel God trying to do something in here tonight. In James, the fourth chapter is where we'll be drawing our text tonight. James chapter 4. Praise God. I give honor tonight to my bishop, my pastor. I love my dad. Thank the Lord for him. Praise God. James chapter 4 and verse number 7. If you're there, say amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Everybody say, period. period. I want you to notice what your Bible says right there. It stops. That's the end of the sentence. It's not a comma. It's not a run on. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Period. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Well, if God would just come down and speak to me directly, then I would know. Well, you got to get close. He said, you draw nigh to God. And he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I want us to pray tonight sincerely. I want us to pray tonight that God would walk through this house, that there would be a sweeping the cleansing in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost is trying to get us ready tonight. Amen. I want to be ready to meet the Lord. Let's pray together. Great God, whatever you're trying to do in this house tonight, I want to be ready. God, I want to be right in the middle of whatever it is you're doing. I pray tonight that there would be an eternal impact and effect. God, an indelible mark that is left in this house that cannot be erased. Let there be such a powerful impact in this room tonight that somebody's heart is changed. We're not just emotionally stirred. We're not just challenged a little bit. But, Lord, we come out of what we are and we move towards you and we cleanse our hands and our hearts and we follow after you. Oh, God, I want to please you tonight. I want your name to be glorified in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the church say amen. 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 I want us to put our Bibles down, and I want us to fill this house tonight with a hand clap of praise that shakes the heavens and the earth. Come on.
That's it, church. Let's let God have his way in here right now. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. Turn somebody close tonight and tell them Jesus is in the house. Praise God. I feel him so close right now. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. There's peace in this house tonight. There's Holy Ghost power in this room right now. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anytime the Lord wants it, he can have it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated for now if you wish. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. I want to preach to you tonight. I don't really have a good title necessarily, but if you need one, I'll preach to you tonight. The other side of the coin. I've heard it preached all my life that God has given us power over the devil and that we can just resist the devil and he will flee from us. And that's true. That's what James said. As a matter of fact, God has given us power over every devil, not just Lucifer. We have power. If you go in your Bibles to Luke the ninth chapter in the first verse, you'll find something that says that Jesus called his 12 disciples together. And he gave them power and authority over. Come on, preach to me now. Over all devils. We have power over devils. When Jesus' disciples came to him, they said to him one day, they said, Lord, 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 today you won't believe what we did. We went and cast out devils and they were subject to us. And the Lord said to them, do not rejoice. That the spirits were subject unto you. But rejoice that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. What James was teaching us is not a foreign idea. It's not the first time that it's been taught. He said resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's right. But he also said submit yourself therefore unto God. He said, Jesus was saying to his disciples, 
If you learn to resist devils, they'll always flee from you. But if you'll submit yourself to God, your name can be written in the book. Don't rejoice. Don't rejoice because some devil ran off. Rejoice because you've learned how to submit yourself to the will of God. I, I think we've moved a little past it. Um, could be because testimony service time has changed. It's not the same as it used to be. You know, back in the day, testimony service could be three minutes and it could be an hour uh, it just depends on who got turned loose but I've, I've told the story many times before but uh, I was preaching at a church and this woman they were having testimony service and she got up and just basically started testifying about everything the devil did you know, the devil stole this the devil took that. The devil's got my kids. The devil's got this. And I was raised in a time where you would hear people oftentimes stand up when they should have given glory to God. They would stand up and tell everything that the devil had been doing, right? You have any friends like that? Don't raise your hand. When you talk to some people, it's like the constant message of their life is man the devil has been after me the devil has been after my marriage folks I hate to tell you this tonight I don't like being the bearer of bad news but he can't dwell somewhere he doesn't have a foothold I said that slow enough that everybody in the house could hear what I'm saying to you tonight the devil doesn't just show up and have power he doesn't just show up and have dominion. He doesn't just show up and have authority. He doesn't have power, whether you believe it or not. He does not have the power to read your mind. He does not have the power to control your thoughts. Well, the devil's been trying to kill me. Well, if the daggum devil could have killed you, you'd already been dead. He doesn't have the power to kill you. He doesn't have the power to take your life. The devil, blessed be his name, has been after me. Man, I could tell you about, about some testimonies I've heard in my life about the goodness of God. And some people stand up in their own way, and it's just amazing. But I want to show you how we deal with the devil, okay? This is how we often deal, at least this is how I hear people pray, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm going to lay a little foundation here, but... I hear people say, Pastor, you gotta, you got to pray for me that God will get this devil off my back. Right? Pastor, you got to pray for me. The devil's trying to tear up my marriage. Pastor, you got to pray for me. The devil has been tormenting my mind. And so we go to prayer and we say, Oh, God, please get this devil off my back. God, please get this devil off my back. Somebody shout, Resist. It is not resisting the devil to be begging God to get the devil off of you. 
It is not resisting the devil for you to go to a prayer room and boo-hoo and cry and say, God, he has whooped me so bad. I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't get this devil off me. That is not resisting the devil. If you look at the Greek context of the word resist, it does not mean standing there saying, no, 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 no. The devil's not a baby that we're trying to teach to potty in a potty chair. We don't look at the devil and say, don't, don't you do that. Now, you, you leave my kids alone. Don't you do that. The word resist is a militant word. It's a word of resistance. When you hear it talked in warfare, it said, and there was resistance that came against them. That does not mean that they waited on that devil to come to them. And then they started saying, no, you can't come in. That means they put up a sign that said, there's no room for you here in the first place. I'm not going to wait till you get here and start messing with my family and start messing with my marriage. I'm not going to wait till you get here and start messing with my family and start messing with my victory devil I'm telling you right now there's not room for you here you've got to learn to resist 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 the devil it is a state of warfare that I am resisting I'm in a constant state of letting the devil know from a distance. Be wise to his devices. Somebody say wise. When I'm wise to his devices, that means I know he's trying before he gets it done. There is something to be said about discernment. That we must in these last days live and walk with discernment. There is some kind of weird, I really wish... I knew where the doctrine started through the years. There's all kinds of different ones, but primarily I believe it's doctrines of convenience because we like to explain things away. But, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that the Antichrist is going to deceive people accidentally and that you got to be really super careful because you might accidentally take a mark. I don't believe that. I do not believe that you're going to accidentally take the mark of the beast. I just don't. I believe that it is going to be your opportunity to openly deny God. As a matter of fact, I believe when the Lord is speaking about the unpardonable sin, the unforgivable sin of blaspheming the Holy Ghost, I believe that has something to do with the spirit that will be present when taking the mark of the beast. That you will openly say, I refuse to live for God. I refuse to stand for God. I refuse to allow my faith to continue to work. And I'm going to take this because I'm afraid that if I don't, then I cannot buy or sell. Are you with me tonight? I'm not going into a big antichrist deal. I'm just saying to you, I don't believe that the devil is powerful enough and sharp enough to make you accidentally take the mark. I don't believe it's going to happen that way. I don't believe the devil has the power to make you accidentally fall into sin. I don't believe the devil is powerful enough to make you accidentally turn your back against God. I believe that when the devil is working in our lives, it's because we opened up the door and we gave him an opportunity to walk in. I'm going to preach to you tonight now. 
You do understand how easy it is. I know he wants you to believe it's difficult like it's some cuckoo world out there. You do realize how easy it is to open up portals for the enemy to begin to move and work in your life. I know some people don't like this and it makes them uncomfortable. But if you spend all of your time, your free time, filling your mind with sexuality and books on sensuality and movies on adultery and videos on fornication... It's not going to be long until you start dealing with spirits of adultery and fornication in your life. If you spend your time opening up doors, eventually you're going to have to answer the door. There's never been a man that's ever woke up one Monday morning and said, I hate my wife and I'm done. I'm leaving. Oh, yes, sir, I have, Pastor. I had a cousin that did that. Let me tell you something about your cousin that you don't know. He wrestled that giant for months. You don't just leave church on Sunday night and wake up some Monday morning and say, You know what? I'm sick of God. I'm sick of the church. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of all those judgmental people. That's been working on your mind for a long time. Somebody shout resist. The word of the Lord says to us that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we're going to state the obvious in here tonight. It's not new. I've preached this all my life. But let's just look at the obvious. Gates do not move. We read that and think, you know what that means? That means when the devil comes after me that he can't defeat me. Find that in a gate. How does that happen? Gates do not move. If there is war at the gates, it's because you took dominion in that gate. When the enemy came to the garden and began to tempt Adam and Eve, Eve in the conversation, but as he begins to tempt her, literally all she has to do is resist the devil. Man, I wish I had something deeper than that. Devil. You need to know something about this tree that you're in. God told us not to eat of that tree. I don't have access to that tree. And you don't have access to that tree. But the thing you need to know about it is that that tree is in my house. And you are not welcome in my house. But if you want to hang around for just a little while and you won't say nothing to nobody, you have got to see this movie. If you'll just hang around for it, you don't listen, just be quiet. Don't like, don't listen. We'll watch this together, but you can't say a word to Pastor. Come on now. And all of a sudden, what you thought was entertaining you. I know I'm preaching right now because it's so tied up in here. What you thought was entertaining you, you realize you were entertaining some things. 
and you've just opened up your home and your spirit and your children, listen, it does not fix the problem to send your children to bed so that you can watch something that you would give them a whooping for saying if they said it. Do you think spirits care that we send our babies to bed and we pray over them? And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Okay, baby, good night. Flip off the light. And then we just go enjoy a world and the television burns the midnight oil. I'm telling you what we need in this hour. We need some people in the late nights, in the midnights, that'll get up out of their bed and they'll turn their home into a prayer room and we'll seek the face of God. I am. I am resisting the devil. I'm not giving him room. I'm not going to let him come in, do what he wants to do. We spend so much time. If I I had a way to, to preach this whole thing, I'd love to tonight. But we spend so much time in recovery mode. If you look at the life of Samson... I, I know everybody looks at the deal like, yeah, he went to Delilah, and man, that was it. You know, he just gave it. You do understand, every time that the Spirit of the Lord moved on him, he was dancing with his vow. Every time. Does anybody know where he found the honey? In a dead carcass. You know what part of his vow was? Don't touch a dead carcass. So he takes this jawbone and he beats up a bunch of dudes with it. And God gets him out of the trouble. And we're like, wow, what a mighty man of God. You know, that's dangerous. When you start judging ministries by the results you see them have. Now, that dude's mighty. He just defeated a lot of people. But do you understand what's on his hands now? Well, but do you, do you, did you see how God was with him? Did you see how God was with him when he got in there in the vineyard and he took them foxes and tied them together? Did you see how God was on him? You do understand, Samson, you're not supposed to be in the vineyard. Because when you start walking in the vineyard, you start smelling grapes. And when you're smelling grapes, it's not long till you get thirsty for what you're smelling. And God is, every time that God delivered him, he was delivering him from his own ideas that he had finally given in to with the enemy and let the enemy have free course in his life. Listen to what I'm telling you tonight. When you resist the devil, he has to leave. That is not up for debate. It is a rule. It is a law. It's in the word of God. When you resist him, he has to leave. So, so, so then, Pastor, why in the book of Acts, the 19th chapter, why were there seven sons of Eskiva? 19 and 14, the book of Acts. The Bible said, There were seven sons of a priest. And the Bible said that they walked into this man who was possessed with the devil. And that the devil cried out of the man and looked at these seven men and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Now, you can look at this kind of in a different way 
But if I could put it in context, I don't necessarily think that the devil was asking for their identity. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? I don't think the devil was saying, now which one to use Billy? Which one to use Ray? Which one to you? You understand what I'm saying? I believe if we could put it in context, it would be more like this. Now, I know who Jesus is. And I know who Paul is. But who do you think you are? Who? <laughs> We're not out of context here. I want you to understand that. Who do you think you are? To walk up in here and act like you're going to take them in. You want to know why I don't think he was asking for their, for their identity? Because I think they were all too familiar with that same spirit. And it shows us that you can't cast out what you embrace. Their daddy may have been a priest that walked in the word. But just because your mama gets it and your daddy gets it doesn't mean that you got it. Just because your mother and daddy know the word doesn't mean that you know the word. At some point, all seven of you, of you sons of Steva, you're going to have to figure out for yourself what it takes to resist the devil. And when you walk in trying to cast out what you just loved yesterday, it will not leave. Not leaving. So, so, so then, like... When they were trying to cast it out, weren't they resisting the devil? No, they weren't. They were trying to cast out something that they refused to resist. Are you with me tonight? They were trying to cast out something that they were very comfortable not resisting. Why do you not want to resist? Well, because after a while, you get sick of having to resist. That's true. But if you don't resist, if, if, if James said you resist the devil and he flees from you, then wouldn't the counter of that be true? That if you don't resist, boy, y'all are preaching good right now. I'm seeing a lot of good old Baptist nods out there right now. Mm-hmm. If I don't resist him, that means he's got a right. Has there ever been a time like the day we live in right now where we had better be sure every day of our lives that having done all to stand, we stand therefore having our loins girt about with truth, having on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and taking in our hand the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know what the devil looks at when he looks in your direction and he sees you've got on the helmet of salvation and you've got on the breastplate of righteousness? He sees somebody that's ready to resist. I don't want to mess with it. They're ready to resist. They're ready to fight. They're ready to fight. I, uh, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord that I was raised in a church, still go to a church that believes you shall cast out devils. Come on now. Funniest thing, start casting out devils and you watch people, oh God, get the kids, get the kids, get the kids, take the kids to the nursery. Ooh, hurry up, get the kids, get the kids in the nursery. You understand that? Like the spirit cares about the door. It's so funny. 
when you start casting out devils because people that'll shout with you when you talk about it get scared to death when they do it. <laughs> I know some of you got the skin crawlies right now, don't you? Oh, God, don't let one happen here tonight. I've watched some things happen through the years with people that cast out devils. Seen people write books. Read some of it. And you know it's so funny because people have this stuff. They're like, you cannot cast out a devil without asking its name. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe that. Because I don't really care about their name. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't even do this but I, I was telling a story the other night about when I was a kid my mom came in my room and she started putting it on me one night I had these girls that were kind of chasing after me and they were a little worldly you know and I was sitting in there playing music my mom came in and boy she put it on me you spirit of lust you come out you know Dad, I've always wondered what she would have done if I'd have just rolled my eyes back and said, no. I'm not leaving. Please understand, I'm not, I'm not making light. But it's, it's funny when you watch people trying to cast out devils and they started you tell me your name right now you tell me your name right now what is your name I think they're trying to find out if they've been married to its family for a while or something you know it's so funny I was reading a book some time ago about these guys that were they, they were not uh they were not spirit-filled men, but they were, they were in ministry, you know. And they said this person came in. They had read books on how to cast out devils. And so this lady came in, had a devil. And, and man, it was pretty, pretty demonstrative. And they were, they were going to cast it out. And so they told her, they said, listen, you got you to gotta tell the devil to leave. And this guy wrote this, this book, uh, Andrew something can't think of his last name. But he said, the first words out of her mouth, she raised her hand and she said, Dear devil, would you leave? <laughs> dear, dear devil? Oh, dear God. What is your name, dear? I want you to come out, dear. Let me tell you why. I don't know. I've had devils try to tell me their names. I've, I've done, you know, I've seen all that. But I'm going to tell you why I don't care about their name. Because there's only one name that matters. They're not going to leave because I know their name. But they will leave when they find out I know his name. Are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? If we'll resist the devil, he will leave. He will. He will. He will. Somebody shouted, he will. He will. 
That's why I love the power of Mark chapter 1 and verse number 25. I love Mark 1 and 25. When Jesus, you know the devil liked to talk. They like to do that. They like to be distracting. It's unbelievable. They like to be distracting. And Jesus was, was dealing with a devil that was trying to talk. And the King James said it a little nicer than the context. He said, Jesus rebuked him and said, hold thy peace and come out of him. Jesus said, shut your mouth and come out. Jesus said, I don't care what you're about to say. You don't have dominion to talk here. I don't care what you think. I don't want to hear your opinion. You're not in charge here. I'm telling you, come out. And if you'll notice in the 26th verse when Jesus said that, that devil said, well, hang on just a minute. Let me tell you my name and let me tell you my origins. I want you to know where I came from. When the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. You know why? Because when you resist the devil, he will flee. Jesus didn't walk up there to have debate with the devil. He didn't, he didn't walk up there to have a conversation. He said, devil, shut your mouth and come out. Come out. Come out. So what, what, what shall we do then when the devil comes out? What's well, a good reason to stay full of the Holy Ghost, you know? And this brings us back to the other side of the coin. When we start resisting the devil, and I'm not just talking about bad, bad boy, leave me, I'm talking about we resist. Do you know what police officers do? C come here, bro, real quick. I told him to wear this tonight because I was, I was preaching this. This is E. Jones. Do you know what, I want to say this really slow. Do you know what LEOs do, law enforcement officers do? They enforce, my God, they're sharp as a bowling ball. Law enforcement. If it's not law, they can't enforce it. We are law enforcement officers in the kingdom. If it's law, we enforce it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent, they take it. We enforce what God says is law. And God's word said through James, resist the devil, and he flees. I enforce that. The other side of that is how he began. Submit yourselves. Oh, my, my, my. It's fixing to take a turn right here. Therefore, to God, everybody likes casting out devils. They like to hear preaching about it. There ain't nothing like having an evangelist come in that can... Point his finger on your nose and prophesy what God's going to do and cast out 14 devils. Everybody wants that. But do you understand the more we submit ourselves to God, the less devils there are to cast out? 
I'm preaching as simple to you as I can. If you submit yourself to God, you'll never have to worry about getting the devil cast out. I've been, I've been troubled in my spirit over the last few days in prayer. I've been praying about some things, talking to God about some things, got some things stirred up in my heart. And I got to thinking about Demas, you know. Demas, powerful, powerful story. I've preached sermons through the years about Demas, the Demas progression, several like that. You know, got to preaching a little bit about that. Demas was a, he was a friend, a friend in heartache to the apostle. Matter of fact, we saw Demas literally sitting in prison with Paul. He wasn't just with him when he preached. He was with him when he got locked up for preaching. Demas, I mean, he was there. And after a while, Demas got tired of the fight. And Paul said, he forsook me having loved this present world. And I'm not saying this to be ugly, and I don't want to sound like cute and smart, like I'm trying to be a smart aleck. But I want to tell you, if I've ever had sympathy on a, on, on a decision of backsliding, I could at least understand why Demas was frustrated. I was just trying to do the will of God, and he ends up in prison. You know, I mean, is this the way it's going to be? And you can tell it's literally just a matter of being immature. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand, like, the will of God doesn't mean a bed of roses. The will of God means... There's going to be some things that happen in your life. And he left. And the Lord, the Lord dealt with me and he said, well, you know, Demas backslid because he'd been to prison. He said, but people backslide today because somebody didn't shake their hand. We talk about the resistance that's in our lives and the persecution. Oh, tell, tell me about your persecution. Tell me what happened. Oh, man. I came to church and there was like four people that looked at me, man. They were staring holes through me. So I'm not coming back. Whoa. Demas forsook him because he had been through some stuff. We get a wounded spirit and we give up on God. I don't know what Demas was doing when he backslid. But I can tell you this. He had some long nights laying there thinking about the times that he was in prison with Paul. Thinking about the integrity of that man. That when they tried to kill him and murder him and stone him. And took him outside of town and they thought he was dead. But he got back up and went right back into the same town. And started preaching the gospel. Demas knew I'm going to have to reconcile that at some point in my life. I want to tell you something church. Before we start letting the enemy play games with our minds. We've got some things we need to reconcile. This is not just about how I feel. This is not just about what I've been through. It's not about who offended me. Do you understand that when Stephen was being stoned. And they were literally gnashing on him with their teeth the bible said that he looked above them he looked beyond what they had done to him and he saw a heavenly vision i'm telling you that submitting to god is a blessing when you submit to god there is a whole different feeling about coming into the presence of god I know this is slow for a Sunday night, but I'm trying to help somebody in here right now. I recall 
Many times sitting with people and talking to them and hearing them say, I got so tired of every time I come to church, I'd feel convicted about doing this. Every time the preacher would preach, I'd be convicted. Until I just, oh God, I can't take it anymore. And for some people, it drives them away. They stop coming because they're tired of feeling conviction. But I'm going to tell you folks, there is a vast world of difference between the devil wreaking havoc in your life and you letting your flesh out of control. I, I, I mean, I feel like a broken record sometimes. I really do. But the truth, the truth is, is that I have the same choice that you do. I, I mean, I, I'm flesh and blood. These precious ladies right here, my mother, my grandma, they're, they're flesh just like you are. Do you understand tonight that I could, I could leave here tonight and lose my family because of a decision that I would make tonight? I mean, literally. I could be in the news tomorrow morning pretty easy. Local pastor driving while intoxicated takes the life of so-and-so. Wouldn't that be great news? And do you know what would happen if, if, if I were to die in something stupid like that? You know what would happen? If I die in a drunk driving accident like that, people would come to my funeral and they'd say, Man, the devil, the devil tore this church up. The devil tore his family up. And I'd love to sit up in that casket and say, No, he didn't. The devil didn't take a drink. The devil didn't have the affair. When you submit yourself to God, you don't have to sit through service feeling so disgusted because you keep falling to the same thing. I don't care what kind of sin you've got in your life tonight. There will be, you write this down, there will be no hidden sin in heaven. There will be no hidden sin on streets of gold. You cannot hide sin. You're not going to make it if you will submit yourself to God. Uh, we've got to learn the power of submitting to God. I want to submit myself to God. You know, I feel tonight that there is always a pressure coming against the church to perform. Can I say that? There's always pressure coming against the church to perform. We want better singing. If it's not my favorite preacher, I'm probably not going to get with them if I show up or don't show up. And the world is pushing against us saying, well, if you guys are the real thing, then why aren't you seeing wheelchairs empty every week? And I've got a great answer for them. Why don't you see blind eyes open all the time? Can I just take a poll in here tonight? Is there anybody in here that's completely blind? Okay. Anybody deaf? All you men could have raised your hand right then. 
you missed a great opportunity. Because you've been lying to her. I'm sorry, babe, I didn't hear you. Yes, you did. How many deaf folks we got in here tonight? How many wheelchairs we got in here tonight? Oh, but if somebody came in here possessed, we'd cast the devil out. Yeah. The, the pressure from the world is, well, then why isn't God doing it? God can do it. But how many opportunities? We go to camp meetings. And, and man, I've done it, you know, preach to thousands of people about receiving the Holy Ghost. And there's four in the room that need it and 1,500 that have it. We're, our, our world becomes an echo chamber and we consider ourselves submitted to God because we preach things that move people. But you know that you have submitted to God not when you've got a crowd that's moving. And not just because you can make somebody stand up and shout hallelujah. But because God begins to confirm with signs the word of God that's moving and working in your life. You know that you have given yourself fully to God and submitted yourself to God. When somebody asks you, hey, does your church believe in healing? And your first response is yes. And if you'll come Sunday, you can get a no. When you submit it to God, your first response is yes. And and so do I. We can pray right here and right now. <laughs> oh, we can cast out devils, yes. But can we submit to God? Can we submit to God? Well, I can if I get to pick the church and I get to pick the style and I get to pick what I like. And I get to get rid of whatever scriptures that I don't like and keep the ones that I do. I really like the power scriptures. But I don't like that part where he says to love your enemies. I hate that part where he says do good to them that, that despitefully. I feel a little conviction in this room right now. And that's what I want. I want to say to you tonight. I've been searching my heart. I've been searching my mind. And I know we have certain protocols. I've slowed down here for a reason. I, I really want to get this to you. We are emotional people, and there's nothing wrong with being emotional people. But we've got this concept in our minds that in order for the Holy Ghost to move just right, for me to submit just right, then the music's got to be playing. It's got to be a certain kind of song. And then when there's enough people up there that nobody's going to think anything about it, then I'll slip out and I'll, I'll go up and I'll submit myself to God. But I'm going to tell you something tonight that I feel in the Holy Ghost. And I knew, I told you when I started, I didn't know how this was going to end tonight, but I feel that holy direction coming in here right now. Is that God is wanting to move on the hearts of some people in this place. That will make up in your mind before you leave here tonight. You, you are going to be rapture ready. You are going to fully. Woo wee. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. You are going to fully submit yourself to God. You are tired of fighting the same battle. 
and being convicted about the same thing every time you come and feeling that in your heart, God, I'm tired of this wrestling match. There's only one way to get rid of it. you got to submit yourself to God. I don't understand why. I can't quit doing that. I've been resisting the devil, but you haven't been resisting you. And you cannot submit to God while you're submitted to flesh. Woo, I wish this was a normal Sunday night and I was kicking in about fourth gear right now and you guys were running the aisles. But I came here with a word from heaven for somebody tonight. If we're going to stand before God and hear him say, well done, it's not going to be because I made myself happy it's going to be because I pleased God. I could feel this stirring in the prayer room tonight. But there is a deep stir. And I'm, just going to, I'm probably going to make you uncomfortable when I say this. But I've been asking God to expose secret sin. I'm not talking about to, to make a mockery of you. I'm not talking about to embarrass you. I'm talking about to let you know in your heart tonight that God knows exactly where you are. And that if you will submit yourself to God in this place, you don't have to be humiliated. There doesn't have to be a public mockery made of you. That you can submit yourself to God tonight. And that will give you the power and the authority to resist the devil. Listen, I don't believe that God has to absolutely humiliate people for them to be healed. Man, I feel a strong angel in here right now. I keep brushing up against it. I don't believe that you have to be absolutely humiliated in front of people in order to be healed. But I do believe you have to confess your faults. And so tonight, before we have any music come, if they play in a little bit, that's all right. But we're going to do this just a little different tonight. I'm not going to fill this altar up on hype. And I'm not going to fill this altar up because I'm spitting to the fifth row when I say it. But I'm telling you right now, if I've ever known that I'm in the Holy Ghost, I'm walking in the Holy Ghost right now. And the Spirit of the Lord, he is discerning the hearts and minds of men and women in this place right now. I'm telling you what I know, that the Spirit of God is walking through this building right now. And he's discerning some things that are in this place. And I don't know why I felt this so heavy today, but I have felt it. And I'm going to preach it till it gets off my shoulders tonight. That God is trying to get somebody ready for his return. And there's something in your life tonight that God's got to get straight. And you got to get straight between you and God. And you cannot go home and keep fighting that same old battle. I believe the spirit is drawing you right now. You felt that knot in your throat over the last few minutes. While I've been preaching. I'm not here to preach to you about casting out devils. I'm here to preach to you right now about submitting yourself to God. Your word, Lord, is a discerner of thought and mind. Spirit, I'm asking you tonight, oh God, that you, Lord, would begin to draw men with your kindness to repentance. Lord, we're not here to blast anybody. We're not here tonight to hurt anybody. But I'm asking you that if there is hidden sin in hearts in this place right now, that you would expose it in their spirit, God, and that you would prepare them to cleanse their vessel tonight and to be rapture ready. 
Lord, at the beginning of this biblical feast of the Lord, of Rosh Hashanah, where the trumpet sounds to remind us of repentance and preparing our hearts, I'm asking that there would be a certain sound in the Spirit in this room tonight and that hearts would be turned to repentance in this place right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that you would move in this room. Oh, God, this is a different kind of Sunday night, but the Holy Ghost is talking. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is talking in here right now. God, whatever it is in me, I'm asking you to reveal it at the altar tonight. I don't want to live my life worried about whether or not I'm going to make it at the coming of the Lord. I want to be sure that I am rapture ready. God, I want to be sure that I'm ready to meet you. I don't want to worry about where I'm going to be when the trumpet sounds. I want my heart to be right with God. Church, hear me tonight. The Holy Ghost is drawing. Woo! Come on, weary soul. Are you tired of that same old wrestling match? Come on, weary child of God. Are you tired of fighting that same old sin every week? Oh, God. I'm not talking about a simple little prayer tonight. I'm talking about submitting yourself to God. I'm talking about having that meeting with God tonight, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You may be in this house tonight trying to outrun a calling. You know the hand of God is on your life. He's called you to do much more than occupy a pew. But you haven't yet submitted yourself therefore unto God. Listen, I'm not here to be ugly tonight. I don't want to hurt nobody. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is drawing and working. I'm not here to hurt you and, and open up wounds that you didn't want anybody to have access to. But you can't always be talking about giving up and expecting to live in victory tonight. You've got to submit yourself to God. No prerequisites tonight. God, I will if you will. No, sir. God, I will regardless. I give myself to you fully. Come on, church. I'm not talking about lip service. I'm not talking about talk. Talk is cheap. I'm talking about finding that place with God tonight that says I'm tired of resisting. God, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of every time I come to this place right here. I start resisting you in this same calling, in this same meeting place. I resist you every time. But it's my last time tonight, God, I'm submitting to you. Come on, church. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Let the Spirit of God work in here tonight. Don't you worry about what people think.